never say die! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 182 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I firmly believe that tis better to drive a Jeep and be thought possibly a douche than to drive a Lexus and remove all doubt. Mm. I drive a Jeep, you dick. Yeah, but that means <laughs> am I factually incorrect? I'd say BMW is worse than Lexus. <laughs> but yeah, you're not. You know, I only drive it because it was on the lot when I went to buy a car. <laughs> What? I was. I, I was. This is true. Oh, well, you know. Maybe I'll save that for later when I trade. Yeah, the story for when I traded in my my Challenger when I traded in Gandalf. There's oh, a lot okay. of cars on the lot, Pat. We'll get that. We'll get there later. That's why they call it a car lot. Oh, because there's a lot of them. I got it. Huh? And if you're looking for a lot of podcasts, <laughs> go to the <laughs> to the podcast collective. Uh, where you can hear such shows as the Bad Parenting Podcast, Joel's own The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Mint in Boxcast, and of course the Rad Dad Radio Hour. And sound financial advice with Twyla. <laughs> what the f? I to the that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if you're looking for some of our older stuff, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And uh, if you're looking to get in touch with us, you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And, of course, you can always shoot us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14. They want to get in touch with us. No communique this week, though, right? Well, we had some uh, Twitter uh, flaffing uh, about uh, especially – Nikki was calling us up, and we needed to be called out because we missed several of the female icons of hip hop. This Uh-oh. wee stuff, Kimo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, including Missy Elliott. You cannot deny her impact. No, uh, we only briefly touched on Salt and Peppa, uh, and I think Little Kim may have been mentioned almost as an afterthought. But yeah. we really mostly talked about. Uh, Queen Latifah and Roxanne Chante. That's true. We, it was a very male heavy show. Um, sorry about that, Nikki. And we should also mention we got uh, mentioned in the press, so to speak. We did. We did. Yeah, kind of. Did they get our name right yet? Oh, yeah. For us, the um, everything up at uh, LodgeCon. LodgeCon, yes. We got a uh, a little speak, a spook on it from Spookon. What do we get? <laughs> what? They were spooking of us. Uh, yes. <laughs> what the hell happened? I'm trying. Was, was snippet maybe the word you were looking snippet. for? Snippet. That was. I, I started to say speaking of us and snippet at the same time, and then everything went to hell. Yeah, bleeding cool covered LodgeCon 2017, and we were mentioned. Yeah, Richard Johnson wrote the article on it that uh, he posted on Facebook. And unfortunately, in that one, if you look for us, it's going to be listed as 14 going on 40, which uh, is just a really boring 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to talk to you today about some really sound financial advice. Wow. <laughs> they even linked to our site, which would have told... Uh, never mind. Anyway, yeah. that's all right. At least the link was correct. Yeah, the link worked. So if forty, if 14 going on 40, if you're out there, screw you if you got that press. We're going to have to beat him up for the five people. closer on that anecdote. So, but we also did get some an email from uh, Tommy the Duck, who 
mentioned that ferrets are illegal in California, and even he knew that, but he actually watched Big Lebowski more than once. Nice. I think that may be a rip on you, Joel. Okay, okay. That's just Brian. Pretty sure that is a rip directly on Joel. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way from him, though. That's just the way we are. That's how we, that's how we roll. All right, so I think it's about that time. Yeah, it can't, doesn't get any wilder than this. So, <laughs> This week in music, movies, and TV. And a tiny bit of sports. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so this week we are looking at March 9th, 1994, the year that Josh learned how to drive. Yeah, taught by Patrick, actually. When yep. I stopped walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. Josh started off, he was a pretty decent driver. Yeah, well, we'll actually get to that uh, in the first half of the show. Oh. Because there's a specific story regarding my semi-natural driving skill. That is something we should talk about, is how we learn to drive. That's a good mm. thing that I don't know if it's in there. But uh, music, the number one song in the land is Celine Dion's The Power of Love, followed by Aces, Aces of Bases. <laughs> Is that what I said? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. This is the sign. Uh, rest in peace, Celine. March 1st, the earth trembles, and then Justin Bieber is vomited up into the world thanks to Canada and YouTube. Hmm. Sorry? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that joke, Joe. Thank you. Grace Slick is almost shot dead by police on the morning of March 6th when police are called to a house where she and a friend slash lover had been drinking and got into a fight. When the police arrived, she pointed an unloaded shotgun at them and was eventually swarmed and subdued. Apparently one pill makes you go crazy and point guns at cops. <laughs> Didn't you say, Pat, she had some sort of a probationary thing that she had to live up to because of that? Yeah, they, they, she ended up on probation, had to like, you know attend AA meetings and, and swear you know that she wasn't going to drink or do drugs and all this kind of fun stuff that she never had any intention of doing i'm sure and that's how they wrote we built the city Ugh. <laughs> that's what happens when you take the drugs away from grace slick exactly right. exactly i've been waiting to tell that joke ever since you told about that earlier <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to movies ace ventura pet detective is once again the number one movie in all the land after losing the top spot for one week to steven seagal's on deadly ground yeah, great time for movies. Yep. Yeah. I never really thought Ace Ventura was as amazingly funny as a lot of people said it was. Oh, you have to I, see I agree. Her. You have to see Son of Ace Ventura. No, I don't have I to see that. Totally yeah. keep that thought, that thought correct, because that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, yeah. pair that up with Son of Mask and got a good night. No, you Ugh. don't. Add some strychnine, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on March 4th, the world got a little less fun when American comedian and lovable everyman with the face of an evil baby, John Candy, died. Oh, I can't believe somebody changed that. What did it, wait, that's what it said when you, when you found it, wasn't it? Yeah, but I didn't write that in there. It's in the notes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> uh, it's it's also factually sure. correct. <laughs> It was wicked was the word they used on that. But yeah, a wicked. Thing. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> uh, Charles Bukowski, 
a German-American writer whose works have been adapted and reworked for decades in film, TV, and stage, died at the age 73 of leukemia, shortly after finishing his final novel, which was called Pulp. And is my second favorite author. I love Bukowski. And That's why I included him. It's surprising that he didn't die of something like <laughs> alcohol-related <laughs> or being shot. Yeah, I mean... The life he led uh, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been a surprise either way. All right. Yeah. Movies released this week include The Ref, Guarding Tess, The Chase, The Hudsucker Props, Proxy, and FWAAF, colloquially referred to as FWAF, <laughs> which is our acronym of the week, which, of course, stands for Farts Work as Anesthetic, Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> You are not an anesthesiologist. <laughs> I, I beg to differ with that. That I think there's been more than one time where we've been in the same room and it made everybody to go kind of numb. Yeah, pass out. <laughs> I have farts. made people pass out from my farts before, so I guess it's not like horribly incorrect. I still am uh, eternally like proud of the moment where Josh and I were in the room and I farted from the upper bunk and nearly made him vomit. I, I actually had an ex-girlfriend dry heaving in the corner one night. From, but you didn't fart, though. No, that was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually four weddings and a funeral, which will also make you dry heave. Oh, <laughs> that movie. I love you, Grant. Moving on. Yeah. Ansel Elgort, born March 14th, is an American actor, singer, and DJ. He appeared in Carrie, the Divergent series, and The Fault in Our Stars. So good for him. I've, I saw the first Divergent movie. I'm wondering which one he, he was. El Gort. They had his name, but... Oh, no, they did not for the Divergent series. They didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's sort of generic looking. Yeah, so I he don't just remember. A, just, he just kind of like one of those, you know... Background guys. guys. Who, who can always get like eighth billing, ninth billing, but never going to be a star. Did you did you hear what, find out, what finally happened with that series of movies? Um, the, whoever the lead, I forgot who the lead character is, whatever angst-ridden girl it is. Triss? Uh, Triss. Yeah, the actress who they got to the third movie, decided they're going to do the fourth movie as a made-for-TV movie, and then she dropped out. Yikes. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't sign up for this to do TV, so find yourself another Triss. And it's like in, hang in there right now. No, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't totally blame her, though. After three films, why would you suddenly flip TV? Because they all because yeah, sorry, go ahead. Because they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, the first one's not actually that bad, but uh, okay. the series does not go in interesting places. Yeah, I'll give you the I, I like the uh, apocalyptic Chicago setting is pretty cool, but Yeah, and how they set up the factions even though they're sci-fi angry Harry Potter. Mhm. I've heard the books are better, but that's what most people say anyway. Yep. So, television or colloquially known as TV March 5th sees the launch of Jason Alexander's Duckman on USA Network. I like this show. It's pretty funny. It was. It was like, it was like, um, George from Seinfeld. They just took his id and made a cartoon out of it. But it had some really, really good writing. Yeah. That, and I, I like to see that show up on Netflix and also like to see, um, the, the critic. critic. The critic. It's oh, the critic it's... was fucking awesome. Buy my book. <laughs> Uh, I miss that show. Let's take a look at the Shermometer. <laughs> so, um, keeping in with animation, uh, MTV's Liquid Television ends on March 6th. 
uh, which brought us some great shows such as Eon Flux and Beavis and Butthead. They got their start oh. on uh, Liquid Television. And also The Max. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, because I could I could completely leave Aeon Flux behind, but that adaptation of the Max was awesome. Agreed. Oh, I liked Aeon Flux. That was that was good stuff. The movie was shit, but I don't know either of those shows. I'm aware of Aeon Flux, but I don't know what the Max is. Yeah, it's based off of a uh, image comic book. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised you didn't catch it just because Joel and I were watching it quite a bit. Yeah. Around this time, because '94, uh, I'm pretty sure we were still in the dorms. Yeah. Mm. Nope. So uh, Norman Pat was J- too busy eating or something. Yeah, maybe. Or working uh, at that point. Could be. It wasn't class. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever accused you. Uh, Norman J. Rambo, known as Dak Rambo, was an American television actor and starred in such classic shows as Marcus Welby, M.D. House Calls, Wonder Woman, Charlie's Angels, All My Children, Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, Hotel, and Murder, she wrote. Though he was probably best known for his role as Jack Ewing on Dallas. The show you guys won't let me do. Although no one cares about Dallas now. (laughs) True. When we started doing this, the remake of Dallas was sort of fresh in everyone's mind. I gave up the fight like two years ago. I don't want to watch the original Dallas yeah, I I saw enough of it when I was a kid. I've I want yeah any sh- any show that is anchored by Larry Hagman can't be that good. <laughs> so anyway, uh, in 1991, while working on Another World, he discovered that he was HIV positive. He then retired from acting, came out as bisexual, and then later died from complications of AIDS on March 21st. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. Glad we had the nice, light, happy Dallas conversation before we got to that ending. Yeah. <laughs> A great little intermission there. <laughs> Larry Hagman ain't looking so bad now, is he, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's looking better than this guy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Uh. That's all I got. Okay. Next. No, no, I'm sorry. I was I was waiting to see if anybody had a conversation. Just going to leave my comment out there like a, like a matzo ball. That's fine. Uh, sports. Marcus Smart, current starter for the NBA's Boston Celtics, was born on November 6th. I'm pretty sure you guys don't know who that is. You are correct. Not really important. All right. On March 6th, the United Arab Emirates won the International Cricket Conference trophy at their first attempt ever in the competition. They beat Kenya by two wickets in the final at Ruarka. Ruarka. Ruarka? Ruarka? Ruarka. Ruarka. I've never heard of that place. Boom, boom, shakalaka laka boom. All right, so that's the end of the tweet. Give us that's it. Closing music, Joel. Nah, 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 nah. Thank you. All right. Okay. For your information, Patrick, Ruraka is in Nairobi in Kenya. Oh well. Oh, the right. Nairobi in Ruraka. Now I know. Yeah, I, would, I was I was thinking it was the one in Alabama. Yeah, totally get that messed up. So uh, we're talking about cars and buses and trains. And planes. And what ways have we gotten around over the last 40 years? Let's head to the Naraka Walmart. <laughs> Nicer than the one here in Pigeon Toe. Nice of you. Nice of you, Patrick, and include the private planes for Joel's childhood. 
<laughs> we haven't used that joke in a long time, and I knew Patrick would enjoy it. <laughs> All right. So going back to grade school, that's how far back I threw the notes on this one. What do you remember as the family car? Uh, we had we had two different vehicles that I remember growing up. There was the one that we would use kind of like for for most like daily driving, and that was believe it or not an AMC Hornet. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, that was named Betsy. <laughs> Aww. And then there was uh, there was the big old van that we used for like road trips, and and my dad used that as an everyday driver to work and stuff. And that was uh, just called Blue because it was a big old blue van. It had like the captain's chairs and everything, and the tables. It was your typical like 1970s van. It had the rugs on the wall. Uh, n- no. We didn't have rugs on the wall, thank goodness. But we did have uh, the fold-out bed in the back and everything. Mm. <laughs> Very nice. Oh <laughs> yeah. What about you, Joel? What was your uh, your family car? Well, my mom, when I was a pretty young kid, she drove around a blue Chevy Nova, and it was a tank, man. Um, and my dad was uh, he had a, a VW bus. When I was a kid, it was blue. And it was named Herman. And then when I got a little bit older, he got an orange one. And it was named Herman 2, as in the number 2. So he, he kind of like Pat had always had vans. Always had vans. And they were always named Herman for whatever reason. But we didn't always have a van. That was the only van we ever owned. So that was the well, We always had vans, but they were like the one you were describing. That's what I should have said. Hmm. Like conversion vans? Uh-huh. Yeah the, yeah. the the orange one, the VW bus, it had a pop-out camper in the top. And then the back folded down, and then you could stretch a little hammock across the front window. Um, so my, my brother would sleep up in the pop-up camper. My parents would sleep in the back, and I would sleep across the seats in the front. <laughs> and the windows in the front had a curtain. Talk about living a nightmare. <laughs> oh, You're in a hammock stretched across the two front seats of a VW bus where there's nothing but windows surrounding you on all sides in the middle of a, the night in a campground. And all you have is a curtain there. That was a, a VW uh, camper van. Those things were fantastic, man. They were. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. We'd drive everywhere, and it would make the the typical. How many vagrants masturbated outside of your van during the night while you were watching? I was in a campground. There were no vagrants. That was a very specific question, well, actually. <laughs> well, because my answer is six. There was just a lot of uncles that followed us around. No, I mean, how many times I stood out of your van and masturbated as a vagrant? Yeah. I gotta just sit outside and watch you sleep and master. What the hell? <laughs> I'm gonna All go right, with let's, let's, let's move on. What about you, Josh? Uh, well, my mom learned to drive pretty late. Uh, like, her taking driving lessons is something I was old enough to remember her doing. And she might have had a couple of cars, but very early in my life, she discovered the silvered Ford Taurus. And all she ever owned from the time she drove her first silver Ford Taurus was just a new silver Ford Taurus. My dad, on the other hand, uh, he always had a whole bunch of antique cars in various states of repair, including a pair of 37 Chevys, um, 1960 Buick Electra. Mm. There was another Chevy from the 40s. 
Uh, at one point, yeah, I, I usually three or four were working at any given time, but his like daily driving car for a long time was a Cadillac Brome. And then he hit like the uh, midlife crisis stage. And I remember he sold a bunch. He sold his Cadillac, sold a bunch of his uh, antique cars, keeping only three of them. And uh, his daily driving car was a Buick Riata, which was a red sports car that was a two seater. So if my brother and I were going with one of us had to sit on the little not a seat in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slope. Where you can't quite put your feet down and you're kind of crammed up against the back window. Did your, fun. did your mom ever explain why she was really into silver Ford Tauruses of all cars? I guess she was just like, this is my car. I mean, I'll get that way with like restaurants. It's like I find I, I try a few things. I find one thing I like and then never order anything else. Oh, I, I thought think, you were going to say you drive them to work. I drive the restaurants to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love the prime rib. I will drive it to work every day. <laughs> yeah, most of the times uh, since my mom would take us to school, the family car, I guess, would have been the silver Ford Taurus. Hmm. How about you, Mike? Uh, initially, we had a Volkswagen Rabbit, a little brown one, which was the first car I ever vomited in. <laughs> a little trivia for you right there. Um, the other one we had, Joel, we were like you, we had a Volkswagen bus, orange with the cream top. And that is like the car I remember driving in my childhood. That sounds exactly like ours. Cause we had the, the, the cream top too. Yeah. We didn't That's have great. the, um, yeah, we didn't have the, uh, whatchamacallit, the pop-up, uh, pop-up camper. camper and all that. But we, my dad, you, you could put down the back and my dad would put down a, uh, piece of plywood down there and inflatable mattress and we would go camping like that so and that was that was fun we sat in the back of that one all the time playing star wars and all the way there um but that's like the car i remember from my childhood is one was true we were continually traveling in so but yeah so there's that one now what would, in in going back whoa sorry that i dropped something okay <laughs> like Patrick blew a socket. Right? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It sounded like something blew up. <coughs> what cars? What car was your favorite from back then? Of all, you know, that's the one you remember. I mean, is that it? Was that your favorite, or is that you know, was there a specific car that you liked more than the regular one? Well, uh, my next door neighbor, uh, I, there were two girls that lived next door to me, and their mom, and she used to drive this uh, Ford LTD. And I really love this car because it's the first time I French kissed a girl in the backseat. Was it the mom? Did you throw up on her? No. I'm just trying to combine you and Mike's little memories. <laughs> no, it was it was a friend of my friend's, but I'll always remember that that stupid LTD just because of that. Hmm. Josh? Uh, for mine, it was almost certainly the 1960 Buick Electra hardtop. Uh, it is the one of my dad's antique cars that I always wanted to drive. And, uh, I never got the chance to drive any of them because, uh, I never got good at driving stick. And I think I could have driven the Buick Electra. I think it was actually an automatic, but, uh, no, never got the chance to. It's got the wide fins. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it now. That thing's pretty badass. Yeah. Champagne gold, which is if you look up the car, uh, that's going to be one of the more common colors that pops up. I could totally see you driving that now. Oh, it's a pretty badass car. 
What about you, Pat? Uh, we had a 1976 blue Monte Carlo four-door, uh, or two-door, sorry, um, that was actually pretty nice. Um, nice four-door sedan type, you know, long, long style. And to kind of segue into one of our new, one of our next subjects is that was the car that, uh, that I was in for the only car accident I've ever been in, in my life. Uh, Wait, we, let's just clarify the only one period ever. Yeah. Just want to make sure that the, the listeners understand this. Cause I was still having a hard time believing this when you said this earlier, but I've never been in an accident other than yeah. this one. Yeah. No, I was 15 years old. I was, uh, my whole family, my mom was in the driver's side, uh, was driving. My dad was in the passenger seat. My sister was right next to me. I was 15 years old. This was 1987. We were driving to my sister's apartment. She had just gotten a new apartment. We were going to go have dinner there. And we got uh, into a head-on collision with a 15-year-old kid who was driving his dad's truck without permission mm-hmm. and completely totaled our car and fucked up my entire family. Uh, I got the worst of it. I spent time in ho- the hospital and everything. But uh, that was when I shattered my leg. That's oh. a long, long story. I'm not going to go into the whole is thing. That, but yeah, is that that thing where you got that metal rod that you keep handing to people and saying, guess what this is? Yep. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yep. Stuff right there. <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where that metal rod came from. Yeah, hold, here, hold this. Guess where this was? <laughs> Our first My favorite was the girl that like took it and put it up to her lips and like you tried to use it like a flute. Like no, that was inside my leg. <laughs> See, my first guess was up your ass. I mean, but that's, that's my first guess was pretty much everything. That's not where it started. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking in my butt. <laughs> but yeah, so that was probably my favorite car that we had. That was my mom's uh, car that she used to drive all the time, and that was the one that uh, going back in the show notes. That's the one that she used to drive me to school in the most too. Because hmm. I didn't, I didn't, even though I knew how to drive when I was very, very young, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually have a car or, or a license until I was 17. So my mom used to drive me to school because we just didn't have a car for me to drive. So there was absolutely no point in me getting one. Were all of us driven to school? None of us walked or anything? I, I took the bus. Yeah, I took the bus. I was just curious. Oh, yeah. A bus is an option. It wasn't so much where I grew up just because the area was so rough. You just you didn't take the bus. You didn't walk. I went to a very small high school, and we only had a bus for like two of my four years. So, I mean, I took the bus when I could, but when I couldn't, my mom would drive me. Yeah, I took the bus in grade school and got driven middle school and then wound up taking the bus again in high school. So, hmm. uh, we, uh, I took the bus. My mom would drive me sometimes, and then there were other days where I don't even know why, but I, I walked quite a bit. Like, I want to say like seventh and eighth grade year, I walked, and then once I hit high school – we didn't have a bus, so my brother's best friend used because my brother got kicked out of the high school, so his best friend was still going there. So he would drive me every day in his, and we talked about this on the rap show too, uh, in his uh, Camaro that he had, and he'd play Easy and and uh, Too Short the whole way there in that car until I got my own car, which when I was when, when I was sixteen. Mike, did we move ahead and miss your favorite? My no, home. we just got sidetracked. No, we didn't, you guys got a little sidetracked. My favorite on on was actually I love the bus. The thing the thing that I miss though that I, I have not seen again probably because they're incredible death traps is did you guys ever have one of those station wagons that had the seats facing backwards? No, no, really. I think your father might have built that himself. <laughs> no, I've seen. No, that was a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like the the hatch would pop up and you'd lift up the back and there'd be another almost like a rumble seat back there. Except it was a station wagon. We had one of those, and I just loved sitting back there. But you know, at the same time, but the, my I think I probably have the best memories from driving around that big old bus because we think we 
God, we had from 77 to 92, I think. And then finally it just gave up the ghost. It was like, we drove it to Canada twice. We drove it to the Rockies. I mean, if I think we rolled the odometer at least once on that thing. Nice. So. All right. Now, when you're going to school, did you guys have like the classic television style school bus? Everybody screaming, yelling, throwing paper around? Or what was, how was riding the bus to school for you guys? <laughs> I was say, my, neither my grade school or high school really had a bus. Uh, maybe my high school had one, but it didn't service my neighborhood. But I know my grade school was too small to have one. No, my grade school, we had one and I, it's pretty. I don't. I really don't remember anything happening. That's the thing. It's like it wasn't exactly. Nothing stands out. It was a way to get to school, but uh, we had a bus in high school mainly because I let's see. It was about a went to school in St. Charles and I lived in Bolingbroke at the time, so it was probably about a fifteen to eighteen mile drive. So we, I actually picked up on a bus there, and they had a full length bus. The, my my high school, like I said before, we only had like a hundred and five kids, so. But they had school buses, and it was a full, long ones. And they'd drive out towards us to pick us up and bring us back. But there was only, like, maybe eight of us that they would pick up. And we had the whole bus to ourselves. So it was like you can lay across the wow. seats and sleep. And, you know, eventually after, like, you know, once you had junior year, we're like, hey, you want to stop for breakfast? And, you know, we would stop at McDonald's or go through the drive through or something like that and get breakfast with the driver and that sort of thing. Uh, on the, the bus that I took to school, me <laughs> – and a couple of my friends, we used to make signs and we would put them in the back window to make people honk <laughs> or to, you know, get them to do various things. Um, so we would just giggle and laugh the whole time and get these goofy ass signs and put them up in the window. Yeah, we did that too. We got moon that way once. <laughs> I don't think we ever got that, but I think I did think, I do think we made a couple that said help me if I'm not mistaken, but most of them were attempts to make people honk. Hmm. Patrick, you do ride a cow. Nobody rides cows. You ride horses. You milk cows. I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I just had this funny. I was, I was like, I've been riding my father and milking my brother. But you? What? What? That wasn't sexual. Don't make it weird. No, it's weird. Let's let's go back to buses. <laughs> <laughs> gonna flap right past that one <laughs> um yeah i we had a like i said we had a bus for a couple of years of my high school i went to a very small high school and our driver was not like licensed or anything he was just one of the teachers and he was a maniac like several several times he would drive the bus like off the road and have to like recorrect and get back on the road and stuff and like just driving so fast, he's smacking tree limbs, and they're just flying off the side of the truck <laughs> or the bus. And he was a maniac. He would he would drive like sixty miles an hour down these side roads and shit. Yeah. See, see, my senior year, they got a new, they got a van for for picking us up because eventually they're like, why don't we sell this giant bus and just get a small van since we're only picking up six people? And uh, the driver that they had, they they changed drivers that year too. And that got bad because we think we had uh, we had the brother of your guy because <laughs> he would go down like the wrong way down alleys, you know, some like you know like we'd be sitting in the sitting in the back listening to that headphones, listening to the Walkman. All of a sudden we see us turn, and everybody in the everybody in the van be like pointing at the one way one way only sign, you know, or the do not enter. And we're like Fred, 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 and I got <laughs> it. It's okay. And then I remember 
you know, he, it, the thing was they, they sold the big bus and they bought this little van. And the problem was, is that they didn't spend, want to spend a whole lot of money. So they got this thing secondhand. And when you turned right, they, do you remember the, the windows on the vans that you'd flip up that little thing and they'd extend just a couple inches from the bottom? Yeah. Okay. Well, they got that on the, you turned, wait, I'm in my head, you would turn right. Okay. You turn right and the left hand window, the clasp wasn't really secure. So it would like swing out. <laughs> and, you know, we, uh, we, he took the same route home every time. And, you know, he was so focused on driving and driving badly that he wasn't paying any attention to us in the back. And we would do things like we got a hold of the, um, the rod for the jack in the car, in the bus. And he, every, time we would go home that day we would drive the same route and we'd drive past a uh, crosswalk sign that they would put in the middle it's like a little tent sign the handle on the top and we got it on our heads that we were going to snag it one day so as we're driving by we'd stick the rod from the from the jack out with the hook so- hook end on it and try and pick up this sign every time we went past it nine times out of ten we knocked it over until finally the the actual like the public school called our school and was like all right you bitches in this yellow van Got to stop knocking our sign over because the crosswalk <laughs> guy was getting pissed off at us every day. I thought maybe somebody lost an arm or something. No, no. <laughs> or, you know, somebody just fell completely out of the van when you made a right-hand turn. But <laughs> It was a different time. Yep. No seatbelts, no nothing. Yeah, you were talking about going the wrong way down one-way streets. I, I sparked a memory. Whenever my dad would do that, you'd point it out. He'd go, what? I'm only going one way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's classic. I'm glad you you find this so funny, Father. Look, a truck. (laughs) Yeah, I think for all of high school, since the bus didn't go from Melrose Park to Cicero, and you can't blame them, Mm -hmm. uh, if I took the bus, it was like pace buses. I'd have to go from Cicero to uh, North Riverside and transfer Hmm. right to like uh, Harlem and Cermak. Which ended up being the same transfer point uh, when I was a commuter in college. I was going to say, didn't you take the bus to? Yep, college? same bus. The same bus is pretty much only I took the uh, a different bus from Harlem and Lake, I or so. to Harlem and Lake, hmm. in all black, mm-hmm. and a hat. There's always a hat and the trench coat. So, but before we get to college, yes. We should probably talk about those of you who did learn how to drive, since I followed in my mother's footsteps and did not. <laughs> we did eventually. Eventually. We'll get there. I've known, I, I'd learned how to drive very young. Um, up in, whenever I would go up to Hannibal, uh, my grandfather would always take me out to the farm and put me on a tractor. So just I learned how to actually, hmm? And just leave you. Yeah, and then he would go home and, you know, <laughs> do whatever. <laughs> No, he. I mean, and and I had a, um, a a great uncle who also had four wheelers. So you know, between my cousins and I, we would always, you know, ever since I was like eleven, I've been uh, driving tractors and four wheelers. But I mean, not like all the time. It's just when I went up to Hannibal. So, so I, I mean, I've been driving so long. As I, I never even really, I don't even really have a story about like somebody teaching me how to drive. I just, you know, something that I always did. Hmm. My dad. I just, to, I just had to learn how to drive on streets. Is all you know, because like, all right, these are lines. You have to stay in the lines. You know, things like that. <laughs> that when you see a light, you got to stop. <laughs> the specifics like that, you know, that was the big yeah, thing. There's no, there's no, there's no streets or lights in, you know, in a field, obviously. All right. What were you gonna say, Mike? Oh, my dad taught me to drive. 
uh, taught me to drive. I learned. I learned on. Um, of course, he did. He's like one of the best drivers in the world. <laughs> he's he is a damn good. Well, he used to race cars in um, Spain and Portugal when he was in the navy. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, he's an excellent, uh, uh, actual, real, amazing driver. Yeah, he's he's there's and we have. I've been in accidents. I've been in a lot of accidents. In fact, I think lifetime I'm probably eleven or twelve car accidents, and all those were either somebody I'm on else's one. problem uh-huh. or yeah, somebody somebody else's problem or my mom was driving. So, and that really you know we had a couple couple bad ones with that, but. Um, no, my dad taught me to drive on a uh, Colt, four-wheel drive Colt with that head, four-wheel drive on the fly. It was, it was like had a little orange button on the stick shift. So I learned how, I learned stick, um, and the, there's this little button you press it and it would go from two-wheel to four-wheel drive, which was fantastic. Uh, a lot of fun to drive that thing. My mom, <clears throat> excuse me, um, after she stopped doing social work for refugees became a school social worker. And so she was working at one of the bigger public high schools um, at the time when I was 15. And she's like, well, if, if I'm going to be working here and after school, I want you to come over and, and start taking classes at the high school for learning how to drive. And actually not after school, it might've been on the weekends. I don't know. Anyway, so she would have me come to the high school and I would take driver's ed um, at the school. So I had the whole experience with the uh, uh, the cheesy video things where you pretend to drive on the course and they have like the, the video playing, the movie playing or whatever, where, you know, there's pedestrians that walk out in the street and you'd have to veer out of the way and stuff. And of course, nothing happened if you actually didn't move your steering wheel, but it was just the idea of getting used to, to driving with uh, things going on around you. And then uh, eventually we got to, you know, drive an actual car. And it was, I want to say it was a, a Lumina, a Chevy Lumina, big ass boat of a car. And I remember uh, stepping on the gas for the first time <laughs> when I was in a, a car and kind of shitting myself a little bit because of how much power there was. Um, but um, I had been working ever since I was 14. So up until when I was 16, I finally saved up enough money to buy my first car. So I learned how to drive at 15 bought my car and was able to drive it as soon as I got my license on the second try after I turned 16. Huh. So what was, what was your first car again? The uh, 1986 Ford Escort. Nice. That, uh, Sybil. You don't remember that car? It was like a light red, <clears throat> wasn't it? It was more of like a, uh, like a wineish red. It was like a brick kind of red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not her, quite a maroon, but no, no. Her name was Sybil. And I went to the car lot with my mom and the guy was, was, you know, he was like, this is how much the car is. And he kept talking to my mom and I had saved the money from working a job and a bunch of, you know, odd jobs and things around the house. So he kept talking to my mom and he's like, this is how much the car is. You know, we're going to, uh, you know, if you want to make a deal, we got this price or whatever. And I stopped him and I, I said, uh, excuse me. And he's like, yes. I'm like, it's my car. I'm spending my money. He's, I said, I, I'm not going to pay him more than this. And he's like, I don't think we can do that. And I said, all right. So we left and he called a week later. He's like, okay, we'll take your deal. <laughs> so I, I brokered the first deal for my first car. My mom was so proud of that. That's nice. My, my very first car that I had, um, you guys remember, I'm sure, the, the Mirage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that car because um went to a, a car dealership and 
I, I, this is the point where I had money from that accident that I was in. I had an insurance settlement and I walk into the car dealership and, uh, my dad and I worked, worked some kind of deal with the guy where basically I got, I got a brand new car. I, I got a brand new demo car for $8,800 because he thought he was going to make money, you know, on the financing. And then I just wrote him a check. Like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yep. Fuck car dealers. Um, <laughs> Nice little bit. The look, the look on his face, like he had to take the check over to his boss and everything. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Um, my, I, I had, I of course, had a kind of a weird story. My, I, my first car was a Volkswagen Jetta that I never drove. What? Okay. You know, of course, it can't be just like a normal story with me. <laughs> I wasn't old enough to drive yet, but my, we get a phone call. My, <laughs> My dad worked late one day, and I get a phone call from him uh, to my mom, and she hangs up the phone and goes, your dad's drunk. And I'm like, awesome. Can't wait to see where this is going to go. She goes, <laughs> he bought you a car. Well, he had bought this old Volkswagen, it was a 80-whatever uh, Volkswagen, uh, whatever the hell I just said. And he, he was like for 50 bucks and a beer. So we had to drive out to Chicago because it was from one of the guys that he worked with pick up the car, and then he would drive back. And I remember, like, twice on the way back, it stalled on 55. So he had to pull over and stop, and we had to, like, pull over ahead of him. He'd get out, try and get the car started again, drive it back home. The thing was, is I didn't care about cars at that time. So I was just kind of like, thanks for the car, Dad. Don't have a license. Don't have insurance. Don't really go anywhere. And it kind of just sat on the driveway, and I never, I never drove it until we finally junked it, and he got his fifty bucks back. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of pathetic. Now that I said it all out loud, so that's a well. And of course, my first car is going to have to wait like three more sections of the show until we almost <laughs> get to the now, because <laughs> uh, my first time behind the wheel was in Patrick's Mirage. Yep. And we get to college. Now, how many doors opened when you finally did that? Yeah, well, oh my god, that poor car. We we abused that car so badly. <laughs> and how by the end of it, it had like only two doors worked and only one windshield wiper did? Uh, it was Everything was broken on that car by the time it finally just gave up the ghost in the middle of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated <laughs> to my driving lessons. I just have to clarify that. It, it got revenge on me for all the abuse that I had given to that car because it broke down literally 200 miles south of Chicago. I was surrounded by cornfields. And I was actually afraid. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get back to Chicago because I was just literally it, because it had started running really badly, and I pulled off of 55 just to try and see if I can get it to like you know cool down or whatever. And I'm driving along the back roads and the cornfields, and it just poof, the whole engine just blew, and I was just stuck. And I just like, well, I mean, I wasn't even like anywhere near 55. I was like a probably a half a mile to a mile, you know, off of 55. So what'd you do? Uh, some old farmer drove by and saw me sitting there all stranded, and he was nice enough to give me a ride up to a convenience store. And you talk about you you talk about a motherfucker trusting someone. He um he was driving this like had to have been like a forty thousand dollar truck, you know, like just souped out, you know, just all kinds of you know everything for for his farming needs, right? And he goes to the to his farm to his silo or whatever. He's like, I just got to go do something real quick. I'll be he's like I'll be like two minutes. I'll be right back and I'll drive drop you off where you need to go. And he just leaves the engine running with the keys and the you know and, and just gets out and walks off to one of his silos, goes around the corner, and I'm just like I could just fucking steal this guy's truck if I wanted to. 
you know, I didn't. I want to. I want to point that out. I did not. <laughs> it was an ass or grass that you gave him. Yeah, he. I mean, he was just a nice old man, and he gave me a ride. And I, I went to the convenience store, and he's like, "All right, well, good luck to you." <laughs> and all the free sex you got. <laughs> <laughs> and I just randomly ran into. Oh God, do you guys remember Pastor Bob, the the the, the kid we used to call Pastor Bob at school? No, I don't know if you guys knew him because you weren't in any of the. Well, Mike was in the DCE program, so he may have. White no hair. He had real white hair and a lisp, and he was always preaching to everybody. Didn't like we we could be in chapel, and he would still decide he needed to preach to somebody sitting next to him. I'm like like we're already getting the full experience. I don't need you preaching to me on the side. You you, you forget, Pat. I hung out with you guys while going for the DCE, so I, they really didn't associate with me. Yeah, well, that's because you associated with me. You made yeah. the mistake. I was already the black sheep of the DCE program, and then you show up and start hanging out with me. What what are the odds you're gonna? You're, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, his. I just randomly ran into his mother and sister because I was wearing a, uh, I was wearing a Concordia shirt, and they just asked me if I went to Concordia, and they gave me a ride to Chicago. Did yeah. they start preaching to you? No, funny enough, like they were. Not, not, I liked them a lot more than I liked Pastor Bob. You listened to like Slayer the whole way, and <laughs> they were talking about you know you know uh, how much they they liked their son, you know, and how you know I'm just like yeah, he's a good guy. I don't really say much more, but you know, like, as they're sacrificing something, right? It's like I don't need to be kicked out and left in the middle of Illinois again somewhere. So I'll just love on your son too. Yeah, he's great. Aw, give us chocolate cake. <laughs> um, uh, wait, did we? I know we haven't got to accidents yet. I was going to say before I talk about my second car, the first car. Uh, yeah, we're kind of talking about in college still. Well, because I had when I had Sybil. Um, I mean, she lasted through. The first year of, um, well, I guess she made it through a good chunk of college, actually. Yeah, because you, you had her for most of college. Yeah, I thought I, you still had her for the apartment, didn't you? Yeah, I think. You may have. You may have had her, yeah. I, I'm trying to think when I actually, I, I got rid of her before I moved out of um, Chicago. But the very first accident I got in was in Sybil, and, and it, it was it involved me and Matt Brown. We uh, had gone to see the Black Crows and, and Jellyfish at Memorial Hall and it was raining ever so slightly and on the way home uh a car in front of me slammed on its brakes and of course I wasn't totally paying attention and rear-ended the guy and I I still to this day I'm like I don't get how if I was the one that <laughs> hit the guy from behind and he's the one who stopped why it's my fault but anyway um then my second accident was in that car too it always and, will be because you have to have leave enough room for stopping right and be paying be. attention yeah um we had an ice storm and I was going down a, a curve downhill, slid into the, uh, the, the, the curb and bent the tire under the front of the car. Mm. And my third, third accident was in that car as well with Chris in the car this time. We're going down from his house. We're, we're going down to the record store and this idiot pulls into the middle of the street, stops. I'm going about 40, 40 to 45 miles an hour. T-boned him. Uh, Chris, you know, hits his head on the dash. I get a, my hand, uh, they, they, like it hits so hard that the whole front end of the, the escort was smashed in. And, um, I was lucky the engine didn't get pushed into the, the, the driver's side or passenger's side. Um, but I was able to drive it off to the side of the road and we stop and I'm like, you're right, Chris. He's like, you know, he's kind of dazed. And I realized I can't remove my hand from the dashboard. And I'm trying to figure out why my hand is stuck to the dashboard. And as I slowly 
am able to get it to move, I realize that there's a huge wedge of plastic that is shattered up from the, the dashboard and it is shoved into my palm. And, uh, that sucked. But, um, they, I went to go get the car, uh, fixed and they, uh, they basically paid me to have it totaled, which I turned around and got it fixed and kept the rest of the money. But shh, allegedly. So you remember that, remember that Colt I learned how to drive in? I actually taught my sister how to drive stick in that too. We would go to, we had a volleyball league that we were in and I would, um, would drive it home. I'd let our teacher how to drive stick in the neighborhood before we finally got home. So we had a lot of good memories of that car. And until, uh, one day I'm driving to go pick up my little brother from, uh, from school. And, uh, there's this, it's like, it's kind of like an S, S curve. You know, you come in, you curve left and then you curve right. And there was a stoplight just after you finished that curve right. And um, a guy in a pickup uh, decided that he was going to turn left in front of me. And that's where all that – remember I said my dad was a good driver? I'm yeah. really glad that he taught me how to drive because <laughs> if I hadn't have done what I did, I would have wound up with the engine in my lap because of the ankle that I hit. But uh, I managed to – Instead of completely T-boning him on this, on, on that, uh, doing about probably about 45, 50 miles an hour, I managed to turn the car to the right, and instead of T-boning him, I kind of like swiped along the side of the car. So both cars were pointing in the same direction when we stopped, So, which was fun. So we get out of the car, and there's a uh, like an Ace Hardware. <laughs> then you look at him, you start revving your engine, like, let's go. Yeah, come on. Uh, so <laughs> we're... As we're walking over, there's like a Ace Hardware or something at the top of the hill over by the on the intersection, and we're walking over there. And the guy looks at me and goes, "Man, I didn't even see you coming." And I was just like, "What was that again?" Yep. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm deaf in say, my left ear. Say that again. Say that while I'm recording it. What? Yeah, exactly. So they well, that thing got totaled, um, which was sad because it was a fun little car. You know, it was a real zippy little thing, lots of room. Uh, could actually fit quite a few people in there for being as small as wood. You can get like six people in there. But um, we went back to the uh, to the wrecking yard to go take a look at it. And it was like the, the engine was partially coming through the dashboard on the right-hand side and the passenger side type of thing. And so we went over there to take a look at it before they totaled it to get anything that we had left in the car out of there. And uh, we did a little photo shoot of me being dead in the car. So... Like there's some pictures out there of me like me like collapsed and crushed by the engine and that sort of thing that we uh because my family's kind of messed up actually. <laughs> I was gonna say that's morbid. Now talking about both uh, Sybil and Pat's car before it died in a cornfield, uh, that brings up memories of how we'd frequently convoy with both of those cars completely full. And at one point or another, we'd be behind each other at a stoplight, and someone would yell Chinese fire drill. Yes. And at least once, everyone would find their seats, and I found myself standing next to the driver's side, the <laughs> only person out of the eight or nine people who couldn't drive. <laughs> like, uh, guys? <laughs> Lights green. <laughs> and, then, and then I'd have to get out and run around and get back in the driver's seat. <laughs> now, who got left behind the one time? Ookie. Ookie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure we left Ookie behind. I think we also left... Uh, not Sarah Basil, the other Sarah. Boyd? Mm. Boyd, yeah, behind once. And that, I think the, the Uki one, that was on a big intersection, too. That was like, uh. That, that was at Harlem and, at Harlem and first, I think. 
That's <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> we drove off and pulled over, and he had to wait for the light to change. <laughs> and that's like that's like a four or five wide street there too. If you put in the, mm-hmm. uh, that's fantastic. Seems about right. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was always a good thing. Driving around and seeing how many people can cram into a car. Like maybe we're going to go out for something to eat in the middle of Which the night. Which is why my doors stopped working after a while. Yeah. Yep. Well, I remember when uh, freshman year before. I mean, right before probably I met you guys, uh, all the guys on the, the dorm floor, when we'd go out to go get food or whatever, everybody would cram in my car because I was like one of the only people that had a car. Mm-hmm. And we would see how many people we could fit in, in Sybil. And it, uh, it it got pretty cramped in there. Why did you call her Sybil? Uh, because she had multiple personalities. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Sometimes she ran really great. Sometimes she was problematic. Sometimes she made weird noises. Sometimes uh, I just... It always seemed like she was a different car depending on the day of the week. So that Mirage was the first car that I never named, hmm. or not, not not the first car, the only car. Hmm. Yeah, I've got names for every car I've ever had. I name almost everything. So which which car was it that you had, Pat? That Josh almost got run over in. That was that was the Mirage. <laughs> yeah, and I almost got run over while I was riding in it in the back seat. Just, so you were you were in the back right seat, I believe, or was it the behind? It was behind? the back right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And uh, all of a sudden, we're driving along, and I feel boom, and my head hits the window. <laughs> and people are looking at me like I'm screwing around. I'm like, "What was that?" Boom. <laughs> because I, I always wore the long black trench coat, and I didn't notice that the belt from the trench coat was trailing so far well, out. That, you you were you were on the side of the of the the door that didn't open, so you had to slide all the way over. And there was a little bit of a gap between you know the door, and you could see the the, the ground because the door didn't shut properly. Yeah, and your and, and and your belt slipped out in that little gap. Yep, and it slipped so far out of the car that it was catching under the wheel while we were going. The belt to your trench coat, we should point out. Yes. Yeah, the the belt to my trench coat around the middle. It was trailing so far that was getting caught under the wheel and trying to pull me out of the car through the door. (laughs) And with the door in the bad shape it was, if that belt had gotten tied around the axle or whatever, you might have just gotten sucked right out of the fucking car. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in the back seat with you when that happened, too, because I remember you're sitting there, you had that initial, ow! How are you doing? Ow! <laughs> yeah, we were headed to the River Forest Grill to plan for Gen Con. Yeah. AKA Gossage Grill. Yep. Yeah. Talk it's about a greasy spoon. And I had no idea what was going on, and Josh is trying to say, he's like, stop the car. I'm like, why? Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. I thought you guys were just messing with each other in the back seat or something. No, you just almost got run over in the car you were riding in. Yep. I think. When Sybil finally went away, as you're telling that story, I'm thinking about it. I'm because it was a '96 uh, Honda Civic two door coupe that, it, and it was not new when I got it. So it was, it had to have been somewhere on the the cusp of uh, like '96, '97, maybe. I'm thinking. Hmm. So right before we hit to hit to the now, and her name was Trixie because she was kind of sporty. Now, immediately post-college, before we get the car, before I get my first car, uh, there's a story of how I almost got my license the third time I was behind the wheel of a car. Because Patrick's driving lessons were only twice. 
And uh, my younger brother was prohibited from getting a license until he was 18 because he was caught stealing my dad's car at 15 and was pulled over by a cop. Jeez. So uh, when he turned 18, uh, I happened to be home for one reason or another. And my mom and my brother and I all went in a, her newest silver Ford Taurus. <laughs> and uh, he took the test for his driver's license because he was legally allowed to have one now. And I was like, what the fuck? I'll take it, too. And had I not uh, made a mistake, I think I screamed out of the alley like uh, went I was doing like 35 or 40 down the alley and messed up the three point turn. I would have gotten my license on the third time I ever drove because nice. I got my Difficulty with directions is legendary, but I was sort of a natural when it came to driving. Aside from the first time I was behind the wheel, I understood steering, I understood braking, and I understood the gas pedal, but I was having trouble doing, like, keeping track of all three at once. (laughs) Either we were going 15 miles an hour, or we were stopping short, or we were about to hit a car. But you caught on pretty quick, though. Yeah, I did catch on pretty quick. And uh, eventually, at the apartment... Uh, my brother had uh, already moved past his first car onto his second, and he dropped off and gave me the Blue Bomber, the uh, 1978 Oldsmobile Delta 88, uh, this boat of a car that was probably a ton of steel. And I was driving then without a license. I pretty much taught myself to drive in the winter of had to have been like 96 with no license driving from Forest Park to Cicero. And between Forest Park and Cicero, I think driving without a license is at least to the cops' worries. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a part of that is because we were all uh, pretty poor. I didn't have a job. We were behind on the rent. So I'd go back to – actually, it wasn't Cicero. It was LaGrange at that point. Oh. Because I would drive back to LaGrange to get extra stuff out of my parents' freezer and bring it back to the apartment so we would have food. This was near the end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, this continued even after everybody else besides me moved out. Brian and Alan moved in. And yeah, I eventually, once I had, uh, once I moved back home, I got in my mom's silver Ford Taurus. She drove me there and I got my license legit. And we get to my first accident. Like, I don't know, I want to say two years later as I am, uh, driving back from either Denny's or, uh, one of the restaurants. What was the restaurant we used to go to after bowling? Jedi's? Not Jedi's. No, no, no. It was Angels? after Jedi's. I, I set the first session of Undead America in it. It was a little Greek Angel? place. Oh, uh, Angels. Yeah, it was Angels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Driving back from Angels uh, with Christy Rohde in the passenger seats, uh, headed to Dean and Gretchen's. Uh, I, I'm at a stoplight. And a guy in a little sedan was drunk off his ass, uh, didn't stop at all. Uh, he just plowed full speed into the back of the Oldsmobile, which completely crumpled his, uh, front end and dropped my bumper about an inch and threw the stereo into my lap. Mm. Like it barely moved the car, uh, since we, uh, the car weighed about twice as much as his did. And uh, despite the fact that both of his headlights were smashed out, and the uh, front of the headlight uh, was uh, the, the entire front was crumpled in. The drunk guy got out of his car, stumbled around a little bit. And I was like, all right, I'm calling the police. Stay here. He's like, yeah, yeah. He gets back in the car and runs off on me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did they ever catch him? 
No, I got a police report and got his address, but nothing ever came of it. And I was talked into going to the emergency room, though there was nothing wrong with me. Well, you literally uh, were I can, driving in a tank, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh, because the I think the rear left quarter panel was crimped a little bit, the car was never the same after that. Plus, I mean, it was just an ancient car. So I got to one December where it gave up the ghost on me. And I had this car I barely draw, uh, barely remember. It was this dark green little piece of crap. Couldn't even tell you what it was because four days later, as I was driving to College of DuPage, it crapped out on me. Oh. And that's when I got the car that would be called, come to known as the Flintstone car. I don't know if you guys remember my, uh, hatchback. Kind of. No. I had a beige hatchback that, uh, I think it was driven by a little old lady because it spent most of its time like on a lawn somewhere. So it was pretty old. I think it was like an 82, but it didn't have very many miles on it. What I didn't realize is sitting on the lawn for a long time, uh, the bottom was starting to rust out. So I had all sorts of fun, like the doors would all freeze up and I'd have to climb in through the hatchback over two levels of seats occasionally. <laughs> One time we decided to load that sucker up with like nine people. And I went over one of those. It's not quite a median. It's got like the little uh, jagged uh, concrete things that are supposed to just be like a rumble strip. Mm. With two or three people in the car, you can make it over that uh, no problem. With nine people in the car, I tore the rust out of the bottom floor of the car. And all of a sudden, you could see the street. Uh (laughs) Nice. And I still drove it for another year, which is why that car was known as the Flintstone car, because people were joking, if I needed to stop, I could just put my feet down through the floor. <laughs> nice. Now, when Susie and I lived down in Georgia, we had a Chevy, not Camaro, Chevy um, Night on Horseback. Another another word for a Night on Horseback, Chevy. Cavalier? Cavalier, yeah. We had a Chevy Cavalier, two-seater. That now that okay, you know what? I just remember that was a car that we were in when I slipped and fell and hit my face on the floor at the gas station. <laughs> so it was a stick driving. One of the best that, stories ever. Oh god, yeah, driving around that one. Now it was who was it? Was Joel, were you there? Uh, what? Wait, that when you hit when I when I face? took when I wiped out at the gas station. Oh, just me, you, and Will. That's all. Oh, yeah, you, I wasn't okay. There. Yeah, me, me, Will, and now we're in this conversation. We're in the car literally not five minutes before this happened, but we're talking about driving stick shift. And, you know, like, oh, I love driving stick. Pat, you're like, I don't know how to drive. Hey, Will, do you know how to drive stick? Oh, yeah, I totally know how to drive stick. Well, we stopped to get gas. We're in the gas station, and it was really foggy out and kind of wet that day. Pat's walking on one side of the candy aisle. I'm walking on the other side, and in Pat's eyes, I just disappear. I turn to my left just to look out, to do whatever. I turn back to my right, and Mike is just gone. <laughs> what had happened was I took a step forward with my right foot. That floor was wet. I slipped and just face planted. It was like landed on one knee and my face. So now I have to go to the – they're like – I got to go to the emergency room because Pat's looking at me and he's like, you got a concussion, man. I'm like, yeah, I hit my, I hit my face on the cement floor. Um, yeah, he's, He finally, he gets up and he's got blood on his face and he's looking at me all like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you're, and not, you're not good. We need to take you yeah. somewhere. I remember you take me to the front and you're like, to the front counter. And he's like, Oh God. Yes. Of, give me some of the two of those Tylenol. And she's like, that'll be a dollar. And Pat just, I remember cause you looked at her and like, really? 
<laughs> you just, yeah, he just he just wiped out and smashed his face on your floor because your floor was wet, and you're going to try and charge me for the Tylenol I'm giving him. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the thing is, we're now. I'm like, I, I'm all right. I don't need to go to go to the hospital. And but then they're like, well, you know, there's a clinic just up the street. So I turned to Will, and I'm like, Will, I can't drive. I'm like, I can't even see straight. You're going to have to drive us over to the clinic so they can check me out. And he looks at me and he goes, I I don't know how to drive stick. And Pat and I are like. We literally just had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you just said you could drive stick. And he goes, "I was joking." I'm like that's the worst <laughs> joke ever. Why would like, you? What kind of joke is that? <laughs> so now I'm driving. I'm driving myself to get checked out for a concussion in the fog with a stick shift with this idiot sitting next to me poking me in the side, going, "Don't pass out, donk! Don't pass out, donk! Don't pass out, donk!" So this is literally the thing that our parents always told us. This is why you need to learn stick, because what if one of you falls down and hits your head on the floor? Exactly. And- Except yep. Will's parents said, just tell them you can drive stick. <laughs> if anybody asks, just 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 tell them. Yeah. But then yes. say it's a joke. Right. And that was, a, that was a lot of fun to drive that one. But the reason I go back to that one was when we were in Georgia, we had a near-miss accident that probably would have killed us. Um I it was back when I was working in my internship. I was working as at a church out there, and the roads out in Woodstock, Georgia, are super twisty, uh, crisscross all over the place type of thing. So we're coming back from uh, something we had there in like in the morning. It was oh, it was Ash Wednesday. We're coming back from Ash Wednesday. We come around this turn, a left turn bank around there, and there is a car in our lane, barreling right at us again. I thank my father for teaching me how to drive. <laughs> I managed to drift it sideways down a hill so hard that there were branches stuck between the rim and the tire. Damn. Yeah. So I mean managed to pull managed to pull that one off. We get down there and the guy comes out and he's like, Oh guys, I'm I'm just so tired. I couldn't the guy fell asleep at the wheel and almost we almost had a full head on collision. So, but that car, I missed that one. That one was a nice little two-seater stick. Good little engine there. It was a lot of fun to drive. Are we to anybody else's cars before the break? I don't know. Because I think I had one more before 2000. I had my sister's for a little while. Um, she couldn't afford the payments anymore, and I took it over for her. That was a Mercury Cougar. It was just, I mean, there's really nothing to even speak about it. I just, you know, it was just a car that I had for a while. Um... But most of the time, you know, when uh, after I moved out of the house, I just took trans- public transit. I would just, you know, the L system in, in Chicago. I lived downtown, so or close enough to downtown that it was easy to use. Yeah, I didn't have a car for a lot of years. Well, when you lived in Oak Park River Forest area, you really didn't need it. You had the Green Line right there. Yeah, you know, and I'm talking about when I lived in um, when I lived in Old Town and Rogers Park and everything. Uh, I had a car when I was with Angela because Angela had a car. She had a, a Ford Taurus. <laughs> was it silver? <laughs> no, it was uh, it was black. Um, I Mike made reference to the car that was way too good for the way I treated it. Uh, maybe my favorite car ever, and I just treated it so bad, and I I feel kind of guilty now. It was my Mazda six two six. It's a blue car with every single possible option. It had the power sun and moonroof. It had power everything. Uh, the seats moved, remote start, my first two cars with remote start. It had oscillators on the w- air conditioner vents, which was the thing that everyone was wowed by. 
you'd hit the button and they'd just go back and forth like an oscillating fan. Didn't take much and I for us, really. just didn't get the oil change when I should have. And one time uh, I wasn't paying attention and apparently there was a leak with the transmission fluid and I drove it until it was empty from transmission fluid and blew the trans. Mm. And even after getting the transmission rebuilt, it just never drove the same again and ended up having to get rid of it like a year later. The car was far too good for me and I just drove it into the ground in like three years. Well, that's what I did with the with the Mirage. Was um, I threw a rod because I didn't have I ran out of oil and was you can't, the one drive, you can't drive across. You know, you can't drive a five hour road trip with no oil in your engine. <laughs> it doesn't work out well. That's upsetting. <laughs> All right, let's take a break now. We can go get our go get our uh, oil change out. Yeah, uh, that takes us up <laughs> to ninety nine. I'm sure. Just about yeah. All right. Something wrong with my car? I should probably get it looked at. Because in ninety nine, I was with Angela, so I had the Taurus. So ain't got no oil in it. He ain't got no oil in it. My, my car? Never mind. Break. All right, everybody, we are back. And we're going to talk about transport from 2000 and now. Uh, you know, what's our, now that we are a quote unquote as close as we can get to adult. Uh, you know, what's been going on for us and how we get around from the, you know, in the 2000 to 2016. So has, have any of us bought a first, like, legitly brand new car? Yes. I'm on my second now. Yes. Okay, cool. What was your first one, Josh? Uh, my first one was a 2001 Kia Rio. I bought it when I was working at Hobby Town. And unfortunately, I bought a Kia two or three years before uh, they contracted engineers from, I think, Hyundai to actually make Kia's decent cars. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a piece of shit. But it was a cheap piece of shit for a new car. Kind of like when Saturn's first came out. Yeah. I, I popped the extra to make sure I still had a remote start, which was the only bell and or whistle on that car it still had uh cranks for the windows and such hmm. and yeah that's that car got into two accidents one of which was my fault and one of which was not on the streets of indianapolis uh, i didn't realize there was one more lane to the left of me and carl and i were running late for a game he was navigating he yelled turn left here and i did right into some dude's car oh, oh. Uh, and he wasn't even mad. He had just gotten it back from the shop where someone else had got him on the other side. Damn. And then uh, Sarah and I, a few years later, uh, I got rear-ended again. Oh, uh, and that uh, it was raining a little bit. There was an older guy who didn't see very well. He shouldn't have been driving. He rear-ended me, and uh, I was... I think we were about to go out of town for something. It might have been Gen Con or Origins again. And I was uh, stuck in an SUV rental on this guy's dime until they got uh, the Kia fixed again. Hmm. But I, I want to say, despite the fact it was a piece of crap, it probably lasted me, uh, I don't know, till 2009. Oh, that's a good one. So. Yeah, we our first one was a Volkswagen, uh, not Volkswagen. Jesus, what am I thinking? A Saturn uh, station wagon. 
that silver thing that we had for a long while had about from actually just got rid of that about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, got that one new, real nice. Uh, had DVD in the ceiling, which was kind of cool. You can flip that down. Which at that point the girls were so still small, they were still in their uh, in the chair. So when we would drive, it was nice to have that because you can just like put on a movie and let them watch that while we were driving around. So I have actually there's a a, a short list of movies that I know from beginning to end from when they were kids, but I have never <laughs> seen because they they were just on the audio from the from the uh, from the car. It also was pretty cool because you it had um, RCA jacks in there, so I can actually plug a PlayStation in there and play PlayStation Two, which is pretty sweet. But yeah, that was um, the first one we got for real go ahead joe um right before uh juliana came along was trying to figure out what uh would be a good kind of family car and uh, bought a 2002 toyota rav4 which you know is kind of the half between suv half between car kind of thing and uh got that it was brought in i think it had like five miles on it, maybe a little bit more. Um, when I drove it off the lot for the very first time. And that was a, that was a weird feeling having a car that was, I mean, no other owners, brand new, a couple of bells and whistles, nothing crazy. But, uh, I remember driving it home from the dealership and just kind of being like freaking out that I was going to get into an accident <laughs> with it on the way home, uh, the, the first day. And, uh, her name was Isabel. And incidentally, something I forgot to mention, every single car that I've ever owned from the Ford Escort to my Kia that I just bought a uh, year, I guess I've had it a year and a half now, um, the very first song I played in every single car was Get the Funk Out by Extreme. Weird little thing. That, yeah. that is, uh, yeah, never mind. That is, that is what? <clears throat> very uh strange strangely and, specific well not even just specific just like it's not even a, i mean extreme had like four good songs and that was not one of those four for one <laughs> i i own all of their albums including well anyway i yeah, I, I know I, you like them but that's i mean that's not one of their better songs i don't even know why you would <laughs> you're no. gonna say i know you like them but that's no excuse <laughs> I think what had happened was is is the the Ford Escort didn't have it had a, a factory radio in it and my brother was really into you know the big bassy speakers and the the pull out Kenwood or Alpine you know stereo things and so he hooked me up uh, with the um, one of those pull out systems in the Escort and I remember the first time I got it I had a tape deck and I was all excited to try it out and of course the first thing I had was I had an Extreme cassette with me and i i popped it in and get the funk out had you know a nice little bass line to test out the the sound and it just became a tradition so when i got the the civic same thing and it just kind of carried on in every single car since and that's been always been the very first song i played in any car i owned do you like continually carry some sort of extreme media with you at all times then (laughs) it's it's on my i have all their albums on my ipod so technically yes but it was cassette for the first two, and then it was CD, and then it went to MP3 after that. So, it's, that's it's just a, just that's just an awful thing to do to your cars. That's all I can say to you. Yeah, because that car's coming off the lot and goes, "Oh, good! I can't imagine. I have a new owner. This will be awesome. What I can't of- wait to find out who owns me. Who owns me? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it's Gary Sharon. 
Why? Why? Even worse, it's a it's a guy who likes Gary Sharon. <laughs> this is on purpose. <laughs> Isabel didn't mind. <laughs> uh, it's Stuart from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> she was named after a. Did you have a winger shirt? <laughs> I did actually. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I saw them live. I did what too. About- they used to come into the bar all the time. What about you, Pat? Um. Well, okay. I I had uh, I had a green neon for a while. Hi. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. named Dion. Um, <laughs> and you're telling me I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, neon Dion Sanders. So he, Dion Sanders being he was at the time he was like really popular in the NFL. I didn't like him, but I figured it was a good name. So it's extreme at the time when I bought the escort. <laughs> yes, and I can I, I will let you fly. With playing it for the the escort, if you, that was the first song you played in the escort, you know what? All good. The fact that you continued that tradition is the problem. <laughs> Even as of a year and a half ago. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if so like um, I had the it, I had the neon. I got that from a guy that I um, that I knew from poker. I just bought it off of you know another guy for like two thousand dollars or whatever. Um, it's just a little beater that I drove around for a while. I traded that in uh, for a Mercedes. Um, drove that around for a while. That's a very long story. Basically, the guy who sold me that uh, told me that he was a, a dealer who could, you know, who sold luxury cars on the side. He was a guy that played at poker. And long story short, on that one, um, I never in the three and a half years I owned that car, I never got a title on it. Holy I fact. think what he left out was the word meth. He was a meth dealer. <laughs> no, he was just a guy that you know what, what, that that basically was doing this janky way of, of working around selling cars. He was doing his own thing on the side, and he had a buddy that had a dealer number that he used all the time for all his transactions. And when I bought the car off of him, like a month after I'd bought it, the guy that he was using got put in jail, and so he didn't have a dealer number to use, so he could never get me any paperwork on it, and. It was a nightmare of situation. I was driving around for for like three solid years in a car that I, I had no registration on. I had no uh, insurance on. I had no in, I had no proof that I owned this car at all. Allegedly, because I don't yeah. want to have to cut all this out. Right? No, 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 no. no. You, you know, I don't care. You can leave it in. But um, this was the car that I drove up to Chicago in uh, when I lived up in Chicago the last time. Uh, so it had been parked in Mike's driveway for six months. So. Um, and I couldn't sell it. I couldn't do anything. I, I, I didn't know what to do with it. And finally, um, somebody else in poker that used to be involved in cars herself years ago, um, she got friends in the business to help me out, and they jankied up some kind of whole thing and got me what was my first ever brand new car. I traded in the, the Mercedes uh, that was Gandalf the Gray because it was a gray four-door Mercedes. And I traded it in for Gandalf the White, which was a, a white two-door Challenger. Hmm. It was a brand new 2013 Challenger. I was one of the first people to have one of them because they had just been released, like literally like three days before I bought this car. Nice. Um, and it was a it was a beautiful car, and I loved that car, and I got a lot of attention for the first year that I drove it, and then suddenly everybody had a Challenger, and I was just like, Ugh, yuck! Everybody had them. I started the food truck and I needed a, a vehicle that was much better serviceable. It was much easier to use 
because trying to fill up the challenger with groceries at you know Sam's Club and Costco and stuff, it I could do it, but it was challenging. And ah. so I ended up tra- go ahead. No, I was going to say I see what you did there. <laughs> the, the challenger, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and so I went in one day, and this was kind of like you know as the food truck was already falling apart, I needed to save more money again. And it was another sacrifice I had to make for the food truck. Uh, traded in my Challenger, traded in Gandalf. And like I said earlier with the Jeep, I literally walked in one day to the dealership and I was like, I got to trade this thing in for something more practical for, for my business. Uh, what do you got? And he walked me out. He, and well, he didn't, I, I just pulled up and parked and walked out and talked to the first salesman I saw. And he walked me over and he's like, well, we got this. And he showed me the Jeep. I was like, okay. <laughs> And he goes, well, I, can, I was like, no, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> I got That's, shit to do. I was, I was so sad I had to get rid of Gandalf and everything, and I was just so sad at the situation of the truck and losing money and, and just having to, you know, make another damn sacrifice. I was like, I don't really care. Nothing I get is gonna, I'm gonna like. So whatever, just give me that. <laughs> and this is the only other car I've had that I haven't named. Still, I've had it for like a year and a half now, and I just refuse to name it because it, it's just a symbol of my failures. Aw. Oh, Jesus. That got dark. <laughs> Name it Winger. <laughs> I had to trade in the, the, my, my, my favorite car I've ever had for this Jeep. Well, it's, And I cannot wait till I can trade it in again. I, I got about two years before I'm going to trade it in. So on, on hopefully I will be note. much better off at that point and be able to get something I really want again. On a high note, what's the worst car you've had in the last 10 plus years? That would be the Neon. Yeah. Hi. Hi. I mean, it it would be the Mercedes if the Mercedes wasn't such a nice car. Because I mean, it was a fucking it was a two thousand E fifty five AMG. It was a beautiful Mercedes, you know, and just it just you know it, it would be that car for all the nightmares I had. But the car itself was really nice. So yeah, we had a a um, Oldsmobile Sierra before Oldsmobile went totally out of, totally out of business. I never even heard of a Sierra. Yeah, it's like a, just four door station, four door. Uh, four-door um, coupe or whatever the hell it is. But uh, that one finally died. And the worst car I've had in the last decade and a half has to have been a Volvo something number turbo 1988 model that I bought from my dad for a dollar. <laughs> my dad, because, you know, he's like, oh, I want a guy. He had, he had this Volvo that he was driving back and forth to the train, and I needed one to get to work. And it had a lot. The thing was, when this thing was new, it it was had to have been pretty cool because it was a turbo, it was a Volvo, uh, leather seats, heated. Um, it had uh, electric windows back in '88. It was, I mean, it had all these features on it. Except now, these new features were: if you let go of the wheel while you were driving for even a little bit, it turned right. <laughs> And um, like drifted right or turned? No, no, turned. Like you let go of the wheel and the car just went right. You know that sort of Whoa, thing. Yeah, that, that was fun. I might have needed an alignment. Yeah, I think it did. And then uh, just to uh, make up on gas, on uh, can make it easier on the gas. Every now and then it would just like drop the muffler. Um, you couldn't take it through a car wash because you would get a car wash. Because uh, <laughs> it had a sunroof. Because the water pressure would tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, well, the water pressure went right through the seal on the sunroof. As it was turning right. Yeah, so we had that you one. Should, you should have named it Zoolander because it couldn't go left. Oh, ah. God. Um, we, had, we had that one until we got a 
uh, Saturn View, which was really nice. Um, like an SUV, the SUV model that they had. And we drove, we didn't drive the Volvo out there. I forgot what we took. We took the, took the Saturn out there to talk about it. And then we're like, yeah, we have a car, you know, we want to trade it in. And he's, you know, talking to the dealer and he's like, oh, well, you know, what do you have? And, you know, like, well, we have this 88 Volvo. Uh, it's a turbo. It's got, I mean, start, and I just kept talking it up. You know, it's got, you know, it's got a sunroof, you know, holy cow, it had leather interior. This sort of thing. I didn't tell him when they, when we kindly rolled that in there and he looked at it. You can tell he gave us like, I think like 500 bucks on trade in on that thing. <laughs> and then we, we drive into the lot and he's just like, you son of a bitch. You know, like, and I was like, "Hey, watch this!" And I let go of the wheel and like spun in circles, going to the right. You know, <laughs> like, you know, hey, I opened up the sunroof. You're gonna have to take you about 20 minutes to close it now, and that sort of thing. But uh, glad to get rid of that that death trap. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the answer to my worst car and my first new car were the same because the Kia was such a little piece of crap. But uh, when it finally gave up the ghost uh, halfway between home and work, uh, I ended up going with my dad. Uh, he was going to help us out, figure out how to get us something that we could afford. And uh, I think we went to a Mazda dealership because I was like, all right, I, I have a few things I want. I want good gas mileage. I don't want an American car. We're going to get either a Mazda or a Hyundai or a Honda or something. Kami. And, uh, well, we go to the Mazda dealership after having walked out of, I think it was the Honda dealership. And, uh, the first car they show us was something they wanted off the lot. It was a 1998 Ford Taurus. <laughs> Silver. <laughs> and it had like 120,000 miles on it, but it was in pristine shape. Hmm. It was driven your mother's like you better take that car <laughs> i think my mother had been dead for 10 no no that's what i'm saying oh. like, she, she set this up for you she's like you better take that car well we did yeah that was the thing they wanted she's it off the you, lot she's looking at you from the great beyond setting up the, she's like i'm gonna get a clean taurus for him he's gonna it was clean. It ran solid. Uh, it was just really old with a lot of miles on it. And they, I think they wanted $3,000 for it. Damn. So no financing. It was just like the price is right. It works. Uh, it, and it didn't last very long. It was probably a car that only went three years. And the reason I had to get rid of it was because when I noticed the brakes were grinding, uh, I took it in for a brake job thinking, okay, I'm going to need new pads. Maybe they're going to charge me for rotors. Uh, the bill, uh, the best they could do for me on the brake job to get it, uh, safe to drive again was $9,000. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, uh, I paid three for the car. No. I'll <laughs> junk it. Wow. See, actually, with yeah. the, with the brake thing, I found a place out here in Aurora that I can order the stuff off of Amazon. And I love it. I, I take in the rotors, take in the pads. Here you go. Can you put them on, you know, put them on the back, back wheels? Okay, cool. $100. Yeah, I think this needed, uh, rotors and pads and like a completely new brake assembly. Two of the wheels needed to be replaced. Like the brakes were just going and they'd gone from feeling okay to you really should have replaced these last year. Mm. And I never drove the, the car again after pulling it in the shop to get the brake job done. In fact, I didn't own a car for a couple of years Jeez. Uh. until I got my uh, first Hyundai 
uh, and the first car I'd named in a while, uh, our old uh, battered white warrior Quixote, a Hyundai Sonata, who uh, lasted until I bought my second new car. I think we were already doing the show at at the time. It's a 2014 uh, Hyundai Accent. We traded in Quixote. As soon as I started to detect a little bit of mechanical problems, I was like, all right, I think I can get this to start solid, uh, good enough for them to think it's in much better shape than it's in. <laughs> so they gave us a pretty good deal on the trade-in, like almost half what we paid for it. Oh, nice. And because uh, Hyundai's got all these, if you buy another Hyundai, you get an additional discount sort of programs. I'm pretty happy with the accent. Hyundai's a good car. Yeah, and it's uh, I got great gas mileage, and I mean, as a Lyft driver, I've driven the hell out of the thing. I've only had the thing a little over two years, and I've put 60,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. And I know Pat's ridden in it. Yep. I've ridden in it. Yep, that's right. Joel uh, rode it uh, to Gen Con and back. Yeah, and it, it was perfectly fine. Yep. Nice, nice clean little car. Well, uh, during the run of, of Isabel, the RAV4... Uh, realized it needed a second car and went to the lot and, uh, bought a, a 2001 Buick LeSabre, which, uh, wasn't a bad car. It had the, some of the bells and whistles actually had heated seats and, uh, was not a, not a too, too terrible car. And then when we moved back to Illinois, um, the, the RAV4 was starting to get on its last legs. It was about 10 years old at that point. And, uh, the LeSabre, which had not been named at that, at that time was parked in front of the apartment we were living in when we first moved back to Rockford. And this is, this car is not the worst car, but it kind of got to get to that point. Um, all of a sudden I hear a, a, a huge crash outside and I go outside and the car that was parked and this is, you know, those are not little cars was parked, uh, right near the edge where the alley was that led back to the, the garage where the, RAV4 is parked, it had moved from that spot to about 20 feet or more forward up onto the curb and into a tree because a PT cruiser that was going down the street rear-ended it. Oh, It was parked. I Both of us were inside and we're inside for the night and this, this idiot wasn't paying attention. He said he wasn't on his phone, but there's no other way you could have hit that car without seeing it because it's not like it was, you know, a little car. Um, Barely yeah, and that's like, come on, dude, you bought a peachy cruiser. We already know you make poor life decisions. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and the, the, the PT cruiser was barely damaged. That's what blew my mind. Cause here's this, you know, giant LeSabre that was thrown forward uh, quite a distance from a dead stop parked by this PT cruiser. So I had to stand out there, file a police report. It was, it was totaled. It wasn't going to be drivable again. So it totaled it. Um, the RAV4 was on its last leg, so went and uh, got rid of both of those cars, got the 2008 Hyundai Elantra that was uh, the first car I've ever financed that was used, which is still is still being driven today. Um, while we had that car, then we got the car that was the worst car. Uh, we inherited a 1999 Buick LeSabre from uh, the, my in-law, my grand-in-law, I guess you'd call them. Um, incidentally, the first Buick Sabre was called Smashy because after the accident, that's what the podcast people called it. Uh, 
the Hyundai Elantra is named Elizabeth, as in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And then this second Buick LeSabre, because it was another LeSabre, was dubbed Smashy 2. Well, Smashy 2 was never in an accident, but it very, very quickly proved to be a, a garbage car that didn't work well. It's sitting out in front of my house now with two flat tower tires and the uh, uh, trunk tape shut with duct tape. <laughs> And hasn't been driven in probably a year and a half since I got the Kia. Um, and I, it, I don't have the title to it, although the title has been signed over. It's not actually ever been put into my name. So it just kind of sits there. And then November year, the last November, not this November, the one before, uh, is when I went and got the Kia, whose name is Missy. And so far I've been really happy with that car. I was looking to get another Toyota or a Honda. Or even a Hyundai, but came across as Kia. And, uh, of course now they're being manufactured by the, the Hyundai people. And, uh, it's been a really good car hmm. so far. Uh, am I the one who's been in the most recent accident? I think so. Uh, I haven't had one since the PT Cruiser incident. I haven't had one since 1987. So we we had two this yeah. year, but it's, I wasn't driving. Right. Yeah. And my last one was in May. Um, fortunately, I wasn't driving for Lyft at the time. You guys remember when this happened, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, going to pick up Sarah from work and it was raining just a little bit. Uh, I was going to turn left as uh, basically on a green. It turns to yellow. I'm in the intersection. The yellow's turning to red and in the rain. Uh, people are blowing through uh, the yellow. The yellow goes to red, and I'm blocking the intersection. So I'm like, well, shit, I got to go. I uh, make my left turn, and girl's looking at her phone or something. She's rushing the r- light. It's been red for a good two seconds, and she crashes into me. I almost make it through. I, I see her. I lay on my horn. And she hits me in the rear right wheel hard enough to spin the car completely around. Mm. Uh, and then when the cop shows up, she lies and says that the uh, light was still yellow. So I get a ticket. Yeah. It's my word against hers. So, yeah, I'm out my deductible. I can't work because I drive for Lyft. Uh, Sarah has to buy a bicycle to get to work. Jeez. Yeah, I was I was off the road through Cinco de Mayo for like a month, month and a half. Yeah, it's the biggest suck. Yeah, we my most recent car. We Suzanne actually had two accidents in the same month. She had got well. The car that I have now is pretty small, but she got merged into by this one of these gigantic like SUVs out in Naperville and crushed up the front fender. That got taken care of because. Apparently, this woman has the woman that hit her had like a, a record of doing things while on her phone. So, and the um, then like after after we got the car back, it was like maybe two days, three days afterwards, she got rear-ended right just outside of our house, not too far away, uh, enough to embed a um, the uh, license plate holder into my back bumper. So, but I got was able to. You know, buff that out, so it's all right. But nothing a good buffer won't fix. Nothing a good buffer won't fix. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we also talked about rental cars. Has have you guys had any standout rental cars? I rented a Corvette once when I was in Las Vegas at one of the fancy rental places. I yeah. wanted to get a Ferrari 
or something like that. But I just, I, I, I was, I was like, I know I'm going to do something stupid. So <laughs> might as well make something. You might as well be, might, might be able to uh, pay off if you destroy it. Yeah. Well, no, it's just one of those things where I, I was like, if, like if I scratch a Ferrari, that's like, you know, $1,600 or whatever. And I was like, if I scratch a Corvette, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was amusing when I got into that last accident in May. I, I had three free days of car rental, and I think I paid for two more. And as I'm turning the car in, I noticed the first three letters of the license plate are FML. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I rented a, a car to get from Branson, Missouri to Indianapolis for Gen Con one year. Trying, you know, to do that drive to get up there. Right. And um, in the lot, they're like, you know, I was going to get like a mid midsize, you know, just enough to throw my stuff in and get there. And they're like, hey, would you like an upgrade for free? And I'm like, free sounds good. What do you got? They gave me this Cadillac. And <laughs> I have to say, it's quite possibly one of the best cars I've ever driven. I mean, it was like literally like driving your living room down the highway. <laughs> they it had air conditioned seats, which was yeah, fantastic. That was, that was what I loved about the Mercedes was it, it felt it, it it felt like I mean it made drives so easy because it it, it felt like you were just it felt sitting nice in a, sitting in a lazy boy yeah. mm-hmm. you you was it was the most the only catches like every thirty miles I had to re uh, refill um, <laughs> it was I mean it was a lot of fun to drive but I mean it was like one of those things where like I can't I I couldn't you know I couldn't drive this thing every day oh yeah the, well well the Mercedes had tw- a twenty two gallon tank so I could. Yeah, I, I get just fine. I mean, the gas mileage was average, but I didn't have to fill up very often. Yeah. So, what's your ride now? What's everybody driving now? I got a 2010 Jeep Liberty. Uh, my 2010 Kia Forte. And I got the 2014 Hyundai Accent. Uh, I got a 2012 Hyundai Veloster. I like that car. It's a fun car. Yeah, I really like that car. I considered getting one of those uh, when I was looking for before I got the Kia. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, never, I never heard of one until you had one. Yeah, well, me either. I well, they didn't come out to 2012. They were two, it's the first year they were out, and I just, I it's got a nice. I mean, it, this initially was uh, supposed to be just my get back and forth to work car, and uh, unfortunately, the um, the Saturn View transmission blew out a year after we got it. And we just haven't been able to get pick up a new pick up another car on it. So now, like we drove down to Florida, it's you know three women packing all their stuff to get down to Florida for a week. That's there's not a lot of room in that car anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a lot of fun to drive. It's a manual, got a nice little you know sound system in there. But it's a, it's not super fast, but it's a lot of fun to drive. So, so if you can get any car, what would you get? What's your dream ride? Well, when I was younger, it used to be like. Like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something, but oh, I think nowadays I'm just more into like I would I just want like a hundred thousand dollar luxury sedan, like a top of the line Mercedes or something like that, mm. or a a, uh, a Bentley or something. Oh, nice Bentley. Uh, mine will probably always be a uh, candy purple 1969 Plymouth Hemi Cuda. <laughs> That's very specific. I'd like to have a '54 Corvette convertible. Ragtop convertible, that would be nice. That is so oddly specific. Uh, uh, I mean, you can you can look it up. It's I'm, it is the uh, like the peak of the muscle car. Yeah, that's a sweet car. What like I've mean? seen, it, it is a 1969 Plymouth Hemi Cuda. Cuda short for Barracuda. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a 1971 in pristine condition goes for 3.2 million. Oh. Eh, jump change. Oh. It is considered the holy grail of the uh, muscle car car world. And that was one of the things I liked about my challengers. It looked like one of the old school muscle cars. Yeah. I, I, mean, um, I, I guess kind of a dream car. When I said I want to trade in my Jeep in like two years when things are going better, my goal is to trade it in for a Hellcat. You guys know what that yeah. is? One of the new ones? Yeah. I, don't know. I had seen those, yeah. It's the fastest street legal car out there right now. And it's the engine in those is as big as my car. Yeah. Pretty much. I've always, I don't know, I've always liked Super Bs. Like a 1971 Super B. Those have been, I think that would be a lot of fun to have. Yellow with black racing stripes right up the front. I, I looked it up to see what this car was, and that's the first picture that came up. What the with the racing yellow. stripes? Yep. yep. Yellow. <laughs> yeah, and they look pretty badass. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, let's see the the one that I liked was a '71, and uh, let's see, you had you had a choice. The low end engine, the lower smallest engine, was a 340 cubic inch V8 to a 440 inch cubic inch V8, 7.2 liter. I just, I just, I just out, of, out of curiosity, looked up the Hellcat. Yeah. 707 horsepower. Jesus Christ. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 10.8 second quarter mile. Good God. <laughs> Why do you need to get anywhere that quickly? <laughs> I could drive a mile in like under a minute easily. No, wait. No, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the new one. Shit, under 30 seconds almost. Huh. Zero yeah. to 60 in the low three second range. 650 pounds of torque. I don't know what any of that means, but it sounds yeah. like... You'll know what this one. Top speed, 199. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know what that means? That means Pat's going to wrap it around something. That's what Yeah, that, that means, means I'm going to die in this car. Is what <laughs> basically. He, won't be, he won't be three blocks from the dealership, and he's going to wrap this car around something. Probably a Ferrari. The driver's side parking lamp was deleted in, to enable an air catcher Cold air intake, helping the supercharged 6.2-liter Hemi deliver class by itself horsepower and torque. So there's a giant intake on the front of the car. <laughs> now, is where that the, the one where they, they have the fake headlights on it? No, no, it has a real headlight. Because I know that I was watching, um, not Top Gear, it's a new show that they came out with, um, the Grand Tour, and Hammond had a car that they, the I don't forget which one it was, but the... It has the headlamps up front, but then there are two like almost dummy headlamps in the front that were just for catching air to cool down the engine. Well, that probably is it then, yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So we got any more? Joel, uh, did for, you? Yeah, what's for yours? Me? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've always wanted to own a muscle car, even though it's it's one of those things where I, I need to learn to drive a stick. And, uh, you know, it's like every guy is like, yeah, I want a muscle car. But... I always thought it would be kind of fun to drive one around. And I don't know. I don't have any particular make or model or anything like that. But something along the lines of what you guys are talking about. We'll just get matching Hellcats. All right. Yeah. That'll work. I get a white one. You get a red one. Or you can have whatever color you want, so, I guess. But I get so now one. we know what Pat's going to wrap his Hellcat around. It's going to be a wrap around Joel's Hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be. It's gonna yeah, be. If, I, if I have a car like this, I... I 
I will die in it. I mean, that's almost guaranteed. I just, I just see it being one of those situations from the movies where you take off, you hear the crash, and then they, all the dealers just watch the one uh, hubcap roll. Past. Yeah, <laughs> because I already in my in my regular Challenger would take like giant curves at like eighty miles an hour and stuff. Yeah, you would. No, I did. I'm no, saying, I, so know, I'm saying with the I know. I know. I said you would. I was in the like car with you when you did it. What? I was in the car with you when you did that. Oh yeah. That's- <laughs> Yeah, I remember after I got mine, and you're like, hey, you want a drag race? I'm like, seriously? <laughs> a drag race? I got a 4.1, I got a 4.1 liter engine. You're going to drag race? I'm like, okay, how about let's try this? You, you know, you'll win the drag race. We'll do a slalom on mine. <laughs> right? No, your thing's, yours would probably steer like a house. <laughs> <laughs> this house has good handling on it. <laughs> All right. So, Josh, what do we got next week? Next week, we are starting our two-week tribute to the Disney classic Beauty and the Beast because the live-action film won't be out yet. We're going to start with the TV shows from the classic with Ron Perlman uh, and looking at the new uh, Beauty and the Beast TV show. And then the week after, we're going to take a look at the Disney cartoon and uh, the brand-new movie. So cool! that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of Beauty and the Beast. And are we, were we watching the, I'm sorry, did you say we're watching the new TV show too? Yeah, well, we're doing TV next week and then movies the week after. Oh, okay, because there's another, there's a new, never mind, I faded out for a moment. I'm back now. I'm feeling much better. <laughs> Mike, Mike has figured out what we've been talking about doing yeah. for weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was I was looking at Grand Tour cars. I got, I got all caught up in that. Um, so, but no, so yeah, so next week it's, uh, Beauty and the Beast. And if you remember, if you want to call us and give us some suggestions, give us a call at 708 now rap. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah, if you want to yell at me for disparaging your PT Cruiser or uh, your Jeep. If you want to call and yell at me for uh, disparaging your Lexus, just don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not going to end well for either of us. Yeah. You just live with the choices you've made. And, of course, you can always find us on Facebook on our home on the web on www.40go14.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14 or shoot us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> if you don't like what you see here, and get the funk out. Yeah, we're no. done. Wow. <laughs> that song can get the funk out. Flaff. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing Joel wasn't around for that because that would be his thing of the week. <laughs> I missed something. Yes, you did. You missed, yeah. you missed like 45. But we're not going to tell you because you yeah. will use it. <laughs> it's like handing a grade school or a bazooka. Exactly. A trombone bazooka. Flaff. 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 I want to know.